Let's all now turn. Let's turn to Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. Verses 7 and 8. And once you turn to the book of Galatians chapter 6 verses 7 and 8. If you could please stand to honor the reading of God's word. I would appreciate that. For it does say in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit well, from the Spirit, reap eternal life. God bless and honor the reading of his word. You may be seated. Lord God, I pray right now that you bless this servant today, Lord. Not my words, but your words. Lord, I pray that the people will feel the Holy Spirit today. I pray, Lord God, that what you want to say will be said, not what I say. I pray, Lord God, that you will bless my body right now. I pray, Lord God, that you will bless the ears of the people let them hear what you would have them to hear. Let them receive it, Lord God. Please bless the minds, Lord, of understanding. Lord, I pray this in your holy, precious name. Amen. Amen. You reap what you sow. These are words I heard my whole life. I heard this. You reap what you sow. When I was a little boy, my mama had a sewing machine. Of course, you spell that different. S-E-W, not S-O-W. But I didn't know that. I couldn't spell. I was just an itty-bitty little fella. Believe it or not, I once was itty-bitty. <laughs> not for my age, though. Just that's the way it was. But my mom had a sewing machine in the basement. I remember to this day, I could still hear it if I try. I could hear the humming of it. I remember my little sister would be in the little playpen. I remember that. And I remember my mom would be down there sewing, and I remember everything about it. And I recall... I recall that she'd be sewing the clothes and she'd buy some patterns. She'd buy some patterns from Kmart, usually. And I recall those ugly patterns that uh, we could afford at the time. I remember it was the 70s and early 80s. And, and uh, the early 80s, it's a funny thing about decades. Usually it's the early part of the decade. It's the same as the decade before it. It was ugly, in my opinion. I mean, that's the way the early 80s was very ugly, like the 70s, in my opinion. I apologize if you enjoyed that stuff. But that being said, the haircuts were ugly, the, the patterns were ugly. Very bell-bottomy. That's the way it was, you know. And, uh, oh, I mean, to tell you, you remember the way it was? I mean, everything was in, in oh, what was it? The, it was terrible. Anyway, all that being said, that's what we that's what we had to wear. That's all we could afford at the time. We didn't have a lot of money. But my mom was really good about it. She always made us... Uh, a lot of clothes. I recall that very, very well. But you have to understand, so there's my mama making us clothes from the sewing machine, and there's my poor dad. My dad was a preacher. He was also a truck driver and other things. And there's my dad preaching. Now, I, I'm going to tell you about my dad. He had a little bit of a disability in the sense that he was from Arkansas. And so, therefore, he had this Arkansasian accent. Now, luckily, none of us caught that. But we didn't inherit that. I don't know, you know, my poor brothers, I hope they didn't inherit it. I, uh, anyway, all that being said, of course I did. But all that being said, uh, 
my dad, being from Arkansas, he would quote from the Bible, you reap what you sow, but it did not sound like reap. When I was a little boy, I'd hear him, he'd say, you reap what you sow, is what he would say. You reap what you sow. And I swear to you, I thought he said, you rip what you sow. Now you have to understand, my mama would be down there sewing all the clothes that my brothers and I ripped all the time. So I swear to you, when my dad would say, you rip what you sow, I thought he was saying that everything that we played in and ripped, which we did quite honestly a lot, I thought that he meant that everything that we would wear and ripped, my mom had to sew, my poor mom, and she did a lot. So I really thought that's what the Bible told us. Everything that gets ripped has to be sewed by my poor mama in the basement. That's not what it meant, though. It did not mean S-E-W, so it meant something completely different. We're going to talk about that today. Years later, I realized it made, you know, that made sense to me back then, but I know now that means something completely different. It was talking about planting and living and how we live. And we are reaping and receiving things in how we live. So the title of today's sermon is So What? But again, it's not S-O, so what, as people say. It's S-O-W, so what? So let's now turn to the book of Luke. Oh, I love the book of Luke. Let's turn to the book of Luke, chapter 8. As we read some wonderful parables. Luke, chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. And it says in Luke chapter 4, uh, hello, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. When a large crowd, and this is Jesus going to be speaking here, of course. When a large crowd had gathered together and people were coming to him. When a large crowd gathered together and people were coming to him from every city, Think about that. He was so popular. People were coming all around from every city. <laughs> he told this parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled down. And the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on a rock. And soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Yet some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other seed fell on the good ground and sprang up and yielded a hundred times the amount sown. And when he had said these things, he cried out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. I could imagine being among the people hearing that and hearing the words of Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, speaking these words, maybe they understood it, maybe they didn't. But I imagine some of them went home and thought about the things that he said. It goes on to say in verse 9 and 10, it says this. It says, his disciples asked him, what might this parable mean? And he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But to others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now Jesus is going to explain it. 
You see, this one's so beautiful. You all have the Holy Spirit. You all have the Word of God. God explains to us through the Holy Spirit, and sometimes it still takes us a long time to understand these things. This is why it's so good to have a Bible that gives us explanation. It's why it's so good to have ministers, not just a pastor, sometimes Sunday school teachers, sometimes the same, one and the same here. But God gives us people with understanding, and he gives us people online. Make sure you're careful who you watch or who you listen to. Because sometimes people will give you false information. But you know, usually, if you really listen with the Holy Spirit, you'll know. But this is why it's good to listen, to read, to understand, to really know. Listen to what it says in verse 11 here. Now the parable means this, is what Jesus says. Now the parable means this. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are those who hear. Then comes the devil. Then comes the devil who takes away the word from their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Now this is that they don't receive the word. Now I'm saying this to you because you understand that some people who hear it every day, they don't know it, they don't receive it, they don't understand, they don't want to hear it, they don't want to believe it. I'm saying this to you so that you understand, we hear this every day, people who hear the word of God, they don't know it, they don't understand, they don't want to believe it, they don't, they don't get it. Now let's go to verse 13. Verse 13, those on the rock are the ones who hear, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy. But these have no root. For they believe for a while, but it comes time comes in the time of temptation, fall away. Okay, this is the one that threw me for a while when I was young. Are these the ones who are saved or not saved? It took me a while to figure this out. But listen to the words. They took no root. They're not saved. They hear the word. They want what it gives. But they never really ask him in their heart. This is what this means. I've known many like this. They want the, the they want to go to heaven, but they want other ways about it. So these people are not saved. Verse 14. That which fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. These are the ones who are saved. They're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, but they do not grow and do not mature. They backslide. They go out there. They do not grow with the Lord. They go out and they live like the world because of the riches and the other things in the world. They want to be like the world. But, verse 15, here we go, verse 15. But the seed on the good ground are those who, having heard the word, keep it in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Hallelujah. Those are those who hear the word, accept the word, grow with the word in spirit and in truth. i got to stand up. You know how that is. I've got to stand up. Have you accepted the word? Are you the one who's growing with the good fruit? Or maybe you've backslidden and you've gone out there. You've been those. I'm saved, but I'm, I've withered away. Okay. I don't know what it is you are right now, but we'll get to that in a moment. I don't know. God has given this. God has given this. Isn't this wonderful? God bless and honor the reading of his word. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think this is maybe one of the greatest parables. And he's given so, so many. There's so, so many. You hear it all the time. You reap what you sow. We reap what we sow. What did we reap? What do we sow? The fact of the matter is what we have sown in this world, we have sown eternal death. That's what all of us have sown, eternal death. But Christ has done something else for us. So let's read real quick Proverbs 11, 27. Proverbs 11, 27. 
Oh, man. Proverbs 11, 27. We got a few things right here. I think you'll like it. Proverbs 11, 27 says, One who diligently seeks good seeks favor. But one who seeks evil, evil will come to him. My goodness. When I was growing up, I loved everybody and I still do. But did you ever see people you knew in life? When I was a little kid, I loved all the kids in school. They didn't always love me or like me, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them because sometimes we're just so different. But I remember different relatives or people. I would see cousins. I would see friends. I would see kids down the street. I liked them all, and I wanted them all to turn out in heaven. You know that question? I think every kid asks it. Do you think, and they'd ask, they'd ask me, I asked my dad, I'd ask my grandma, grandma whoever. Do you think so-and-so is going to go to heaven? That's the loaded question. But the wise Christian says, well, you know, I don't know. But God does. And we could pray for him. I hope so. I used to ask this about lots of actors. Because I love all people. And so I would really love different actors. I remember asking that about Don Knotts when I was a little kid. Because he was always my hero. One of my favorite. Guess what? I found out later, he is in heaven. He was Christian. He asked Jesus in his heart. But I didn't know that. And I asked that all the time about different people. We don't know. But folks are not just characters. They're real people. And we should pray for all. Whether they're politicians, whether they're musicians, whether whoever they are. You may even not like them, but you should pray for them. You should love them, whoever they might be. People that you see, we don't know where they stand, but I know one thing. God loved them. He sent his son for them. He died for them. And every single one of them has to understand that every one of them is evil. Every one of them, oh, wait a minute, wait, are you saying Don Knox was evil? Yeah, he was a sinner. For all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. But I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> God wanted to save you, wanted to save him, wanted to save all people. And he came to die for all, to live for all in their hearts. Hallelujah. Listen to what it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. Remember, he's talking to those who are saved in Galatia. It says, brothers, this is Paul, brothers, if a man is caught in any transgression, which is a type of sin, if a man is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, watching yourselves, lest you also be tempted. Now, I see this a lot. And there's a reason. Because some Christians jump out there with sinners, and they get caught up in it. They get caught up back into that sin. They get tempted again. And I know because I've done it myself back in the past. I think, well, okay, well, I've been a Christian for an entire half a year. So I'm strong enough. No. Careful, babies. Careful. I know we feel that we've come a long way. you got a long way to go. You ever seen a baby in a walker? And they're walking in a walker, and they're like, they're going fast. I'm going to tell you something. One of the kids sitting right here right now, of course, he don't remember this. I, I seriously doubt he does. <laughs> but little Wally over here, I call him little Wally. He's not little anymore. But when he was a baby, he would get in a walker. I remember him, when he was in that walker, he was pew, 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 shooting all over the place. I mean, he was so fast in that walker. I, I, he thought he was the character, the Flash. <laughs> but then he'd get out of that walker, and he couldn't keep his feet up too very well. You know why? We're sometimes little baby Christians in a walker. God's got us holding up, and we think we can go faster than a speeding bullet. But you know what happens when we start to stand on our own? We're falling on our little backsides. You know why? 
because we don't have that much strength, but we think that we do. We think that we do. How many Christians think that we can do it on our own? I'm going to read on here. It says, listen here now. Brothers, if any man is caught up in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, watching yourselves, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if someone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. You may still be a little infant. So be careful. Be careful. Stay in the arms of Christ. Don't think yourself to be here when you're still back here. Be careful. Be very careful. And now I will read Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 26. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 26. Oh, I like it. What does it say in Romans 3, 10 through 26? As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks after God. They have all turned aside together. They have become worthless. There is no one who does good. No, not one. Their throats are an open grave. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of vipers is under their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths. And they do not know the way of peace. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and all the world may become accountable to God. Therefore, by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his, being the Lord God, his sight, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God is revealed, being witnessed by the law of the prophets. This righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all and upon all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom, excuse me, that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, which means an atonement, through faith in his blood for a demonstration of his righteousness because in his forbearance God has passed over the sins previously committed to prove his righteousness at this present time so he might be just and be the justifier of him who has faith in Jesus. Now you think of that. You think of that. It is only through Jesus that we can be justified. Only through Jesus that we do not reap what we have sown. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. 
There's none righteous, no, not one. Yes, I quote those a lot. The reason why I wanted to read every single one of them is not just that you receive those two verses that I, I quote so very often, maybe every week, or at least every other. The reason why I quote them every day to myself is so that I recall that if it were what I have reaped, what I have done on my own, and what I have sown, excuse me, what I have sown, if I reap what I have sown, I would reap eternal death. And the same with you. If you got what you deserve, so many times people say, how come I didn't get a raise at my job? Now, maybe your boss is a jerk. I don't know. How come I have not received what I have earned? If we got what we re really earned, we'd get a daily whipping from the Lord God. If we got what we really deserved, for eternity, we would be in hell. And let me tell you something. I've had visions of that before. I've had dreams of that before. And waking up is the greatest, greatest feeling. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that we have an eternal salvation. And you will never, I said never one more time, you will never receive what you deserve. If you was to reap what you sowed, you would forever be screaming in pain. But God saved you. And so therefore, you will reap what Jesus Christ has sown for you on the cross. We, the people, are sinners, and we have ripped our eternal lives from the clothes of our souls. So if I use a little bit of my father speaking, what have you ripped today? And we had an eternal body that was ripped because of our actions long ago, long ago, about 6,000 years or so, our souls were ripped from a perfect body that God had created for us because of our mother and father, Adam and Eve. Our eternal souls were ripped. But thank God that he, through his son, had a sewing machine. Even though his body was ripped from here to there, it was ripped with whips. It was ripped with the, the cat and nine tails. It was ripped with rocks and glass and all these things. It was ripped with a crown of thorns. It was ripped with nails in his hands and his feet. It was ripped when they poked him in the side with a spear. It was ripped. And when he was put in that grave, he came out and those rips were still in him. But folks, he went through all of that so that your body and soul, excuse me, you may still have a bad body in this earth, but you will have an eternal body, an eternal soul that will not be ripped so that you can reap eternal salvation and reap eternal glory and reap eternal rewards. Hallelujah. Before I go to the eternal rewards, let me say this. Jesus sowed our soul when he was on the cross and up from that grave. And another verse that always goes along with what I just read from Romans chapter 3 comes Romans chapter 6. Because it goes perfectly with it. If you read Romans chapter 3 and you think that Romans chapter 3 verse 26, or excuse me, verse 23 is so brutal, then Romans 23 seals the deal. Romans 6, 22, 23 says this, But now, having been freed from sin and having become slaves to, of God, you have fruit unto holiness, and the end is eternal life. 
For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. And you don't have to worry anymore. Oh, you don't have to worry anymore. No more will you reap what you have sown because what Jesus Christ has sown for us. You know, I don't have to worry about that. But what can we sow? Oh, my poor mom. My poor mama. I have seen her out there in the garden. And she has S-O-W sold out there in the back. And I have seen her out there with her sewing machine and with her needles. And she has S-E-W sold. You probably don't know this, but the wonderful black, good-looking britches I'm wearing right now. You can't see them because I'm behind this wonderful pulpit. But she's had to sew these britches not that long ago. She's had to sew pants for me. She's had to sew socks for me. Oh, she's buying me new socks, I'll be honest. Because I go through them like you wouldn't believe. I got great big toes and they're pretty. I've got one. I, she has to sew my clothes all the time. She's actually having to put buttons back on my shirt. Oh, folks, I'm not necessarily a small feller, but I'll tell you this: I'm a wild man, and she has to sew clothes for me all the time. S E W, but she also has to S O W out there in the garden from time to time. She understands all these things, and thank God for that. Thank God for that. But Jesus Christ has an S-E-W force and S-O-W force. He's done both for you. But you, my friend, you can reap what you sow in your spiritual life. Many people want to know this. I don't understand. Why should we live for God like we like people tell us to do if we've already received eternal life? Because you can sow so much more and reap so much more when you sow every single day. You can either sow this way taking care of the things you've done before, or you can sow this way. But I know one thing, there's lots of fruit that God wants to give you. There's lots of things that you can bring to you, helping yourself, cloaking yourself, making sure that you go around with your walk with Christ. But if you're not receiving those things, it's your fault. Don't blame God, and don't blame the people around you. It's your fault for being around those people. If that's your problem, that's all I can say. Just like it's been my fault. It's my fault. If I spend too much time watching the television, boy, you know how to turn it off. It's not that hard. If you, if you spend too much time listening to things, talking with people, talking the way you shouldn't, walking the way you shouldn't, doing things you shouldn't, change your way so differently, so differently. So what? People may say, no, you know what you should be sowing. So differently. So you reap what you sow. There's eternal rewards and spiritual strength with your closeness and your relationship with the Lord God Almighty. So what does it tell us in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10? What does it say in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10? Is that what you asked? Well, I'm so glad you asked, because I'm going to tell you. It says in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10, Be not deceived. See, this goes right along with what we talked about earlier. In Galatians chapter 6, 7 through 10, it says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Now, earlier, I told you some of this, but let's read the whole thing now. Be not deceived, for God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now, we read that in the beginning. Well, let's go on from there. Verse 9. And let us not grow weary in doing good. 
Because that's where a lot of people stop. They're like, oh, well, now that I'm saved, I don't need to do it anymore. No, 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 no. Keep on sowing, keep on sowing, keep on sowing. This is what it says. And let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, in due season, we shall reap if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Ah, ah, you know what that says, don't you? Okay, aha. This just put a whole kibosh on what a lot of people tell you. But people say, you need to treat the lost people better than you treat your fellow Christians. Liar. That's not what it says right there, is it? Doesn't it tell you right now, we should treat everybody with love. It tells you right there, treat everyone with love. Treat everyone with love. But what it says right there is especially to your fellow brothers and sisters of Christ. You treat everybody with love, but especially to those who you love, who your brothers and sisters of Christ. Why? Because they are right there with you. You're not to behave like those who are lost. You're to be out there loving all of those people who are right there with you. Help them. They need help when you're sowing seeds. They're sowing seeds too. Have you ever seen those people out there, farmers and other farmers are helping other farmers? Folks, you're farming. You need fellow farmers helping you too. Your fellow farmers are brothers and sisters of Christ with you. That's how you receive. That's how you receive. That's how you get closer to God. Have you ever been having such a rough time in your walk with Christ? And you say, I don't know how I'm going to keep going. And so what do you do? Do you sit at home and say, well, it's just so hard. People have no idea how hard it is. No, maybe you do. Maybe that's why you don't keep going. Maybe that's why you just give up. Or maybe you call out to a fellow brother or sister. Maybe you call to a pastor. Maybe you turn on a recording of Billy Graham preaching or Dr. David Jeremiah or maybe Pastor Charles Stanley or someone else who you know you could trust. Don't just listen to anyone and everyone. Not just everyone who says they're Christian. The ones who've been tried, proven. The ones that you know the Word of God, that you know that they know the Word of God, and they have been proven. They have sowed their seeds. They have proven that they have farmed. They have proven they have sowed and grown. And you follow them. You try what they have tried. You say, well, wait a minute. If they're Christian, isn't that enough? And I'm waiting. Oh, have you ever seen farmers out there who go to another farmer's land and they see that farmland out there and they see that their their crops have not grown? Their crops have not grown. And they say, hey, I need the seeds that you have. Why would you do that? Just because they say they're a farmer doesn't mean they're a good farmer. So if you're a Christian and you go to another Christian whose crops haven't grown, why would you want to be like that Christian whose crops haven't grown? Go to a Christian who you can see by their actions they are known. Their crops have grown. I mean, they've got good and plenty. Oh, you see the corn is good and fat all over the place. And you can see that they have great stock. It's high in the sky. It's like a field of dreams, so to speak. You can see it's everywhere. You say, I want to be like that brother. I want to be like that sister. Look at the crops. She continues to sow the seed and it's growing high. But that brother over there, don't judge him. Don't judge her. By their actions, they are known. We're not trying to be judgmental, but we're using judgment. I can't help them. I see it. 
I'm not being foolish. This man's crops haven't grown, and we know that. So we're not going to try to farm like that person. Be a good, smart, wise Christian. Follow what the Holy Spirit has given you. Use your eyes. Let your senses be used correctly. That's what the Holy Spirit's there for you. This makes sense, right? This makes sense? Okay. We're going to say, I want to make sure. I wasn't speaking to myself here. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 9 6. But in 2 Corinthians 9 6, but this I say, I like this. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. How many Christians out there they say, well, I love God. I love him. So I go to church on Christmas. I go to church on Easter. I go once in a while. I don't know why he's not blessing me, folks. You're not blessing yourself. You're not allowing God to bless you. He wants to bless you. He's giving you everlasting life. And I'm not doubting your salvation. That's when you and the Lord. I am saying, though, if you're not getting, it's because you're not giving to get. If you have all the seed at home and you haven't taken it outside, I'm talking to you farmers out there, you Christian farmers, God has given you seed, but if it's still sitting in the package and it's not gone outside to be planted, don't blame God. Blame yourself because you've been too lazy to take it outside. You know one of my big problems? I love spinach. I love to eat spinach. But you know what I do? I And, and my mom can, can back this up. She can ver verify it here. I'll buy the spinach and I'll forget that I have it in the refrigerator. I'll forget about it. And about a week or two later, mom will say, hey, you going to eat the spinach? I'm like, oh, I forgot about the spinach. And it's all withered up and, and wet and I'll go buy some more. And then mom will have to remind me and I'll eat some and then I'll forget about it again and then it goes to waste. And this, I don't mean to do this, but it's true, isn't it? You can say I amen to that. Okay, so the, the thing is, is, and I know that if Popeye was real and was around, he'd bust me in the mush. But the, the fact is, is um, it, it happens, it happens. And I'm talking about fresh spinach, by the way, not the can. But it happens, and this is what Christians are. They have the seed, well, they say the spinach seed, but they have a seed, the seed of the gospel, and instead of planting it and letting it grow, they want to know why they're not receiving the blessings of God because they're not planting it. They're doing what the pastor does with this spinach, letting it go to waste. And it's foolish. Proverbs 22, verse 8. Proverbs 22, verse 8. He who sows iniquity will reap vanity, and the rod of his anger will fail. A lot of the people of the world all these Christians who follow the world, they receive bad things because that's what they want. What do you mean that's what they want? That's what they want when they hang around the world and they do things like the world. They can either plant good things or bad things. You hang around the world, you do the things of the world, that's what you receive. God's giving you the ability to reap good things, but you keep selling the things of the bad, and that's what you receive. You get what you ask for, as my grandpa used to say so wonderfully. You get what you, you, know, what you pay for, you get what you ask for, you'd say. And that's what we got. 
Proverbs 14, 14. That's not hard to recall. Proverbs 14, 14. And here we go. You know this talking about people backsliding for the Lord. That's what it says. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways, but a good man will be satisfied with his. Amen. Isn't that good? I'm going to see it again. Proverbs 14, 14. Proverbs 14, 14. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways, but a good man will be satisfied with his. Proverbs 11, verse 18. Well, I tell you, Proverbs is beautiful. It's beautiful. I love Solomon. Proverbs 11, 18. The wicked works a deceitful work. The wicked works a deceitful work. But to him who sows righteousness will be a sure reward. You want righteousness to come back to you? If you want to reap righteousness, you will sow righteousness. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Secondhand Lions, but they buy a whole bunch of crop and they decide to plant all these seeds and they're lied to. They believe that they've got beans and green beans and all these things and corn. Turns out they're all corn. And to quote Robert Duvall in that movie, corn, corn, corn. And uh, I, that's what they have. But the lion they end up getting in there loves the corn because it, it kind of looks like home to him. But that being said, a lot of times we all, I'm talking about the world now, people of the world all want righteousness, but instead they plant wicked and wonder why they're not receiving the righteousness. Because all they planted was wicked, wicked, wicked. And that's what they get. Psalm 126, verse 5. Psalm 126, verse 5 tells us, those who sow in tears, excuse me, I, I misquoted that. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. It's hard work. It's hard work to be a farmer. And I believe we should have the utmost respect for it. But joy comes when it's time to receive the rewards. Christian, you are a farmer. You plant, plant, plant. It's hard work to follow God. It's hard work. But guess what? The time will come when you receive your rewards. When harvest time comes. That's coming soon. We'll talk about that closer in the call. Harvest time comes. Hallelujah. It's time to receive the harvest. When that harvest time comes, when you get to heaven, the harvest has come. You'll receive it. Oh, the rewards to the farmer. That harvest comes. Hallelujah. You want to talk more about that? I, I got to quote to you Hosea. I love Hosea. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. Because I, I just love this verse. Hosea 10, 12. He says in Hosea 10, 12, Sow to yourself righteousness. Reap mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and rains righteousness upon you. Isn't that wonderful? It's time, folks. It's time. Perhaps there's something in your life that God wants to give to you, and you're not letting him. You're not letting him. I'll talk some more about that next week, a little bit. But perhaps God wants to give you something wonderful, and you're not letting him. Because you've not allowed him 
to plant wonderful blessings upon you because you have this horrible hard ground that he wants to be fallowed. He wants to take it and make it hollow so he can plant the seeds, but you're not letting it happen. And you know what it is. I don't, and I don't need to talk about that. I will say this, though. If you have a hard ground and you want to plant the seeds of the Lord God and blessings, you want to reap wonderful rewards, it's not going to happen unless you allow God to sow those seeds in your ground. What is it? You know. God knows. Let him. So what, you might think to yourself. Well, folks, what do you sow? So what? What do you sow? You sow sin? You sow ignorance? Do you sow the things of the world, or do you sow the Word of God into your life? You sow the Holy Spirit into to guiding you every day. So what? What do we sow? And what will we reap? That's the question we need to ask ourselves each and every day. And I will close today as we ask ourselves what we're going to allow God to give us when it comes time to reap what we have sown. I will close by reading the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men give unto you. For with the measure you see, it will be measured unto you. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you bless our ears, that we will receive your word today. Lord, for those who are listening, for those who are here, for those who are watching at home, I pray that you will open our ears to receive your word, to understand it with our minds and our hearts. That whatever it is that we have not sown correctly in our lives, that you'll help us. For whatever things, Lord God, that have been SCW sown incorrectly in our lives, Lord God, that you'll help us with that too. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you will help us in our lives so that we may reap the rewards that we through you will receive. Not what we deserve on our own, but through you. Lord God, I thank you that you've taken away the horrible things that we deserve, that you will give us rewards simply because of your grace. And I pray, Lord God, that you will help us to follow you and receive rewards of grace. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray right now for all those who are here. If there be anyone who needs to come forward today, I pray that they will do so. Perhaps there are people who feel they need to join. I pray they will do that, if that be your will. Perhaps there are people right now who are afraid. I pray, Lord God, that they will come forward and have no more fear. Maybe there are people right now who have questions about the way the world is going. I pray right now, Lord God, that you will be able to answer those questions for them. Lord, I pray if there be anyone here today, Lord, who is afraid of people in their lives who are, who are ill or sick, I pray, Lord God, that you will help them with that, and you will strengthen them. Lord, I pray if there be anyone who's watching at home today, who's just afraid all, in general, Lord, you take away all fear. And I pray, Lord, you strengthen us all. In Jesus' most holy and precious name, I pray. Amen.